With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to the program. I've got some really interesting guests for you this hour. Jason Burmes, I'll be talking to him very, very soon. In fact, I was watching him earlier this week on the Alex Jones show. So he had a chat with him about uh, transhumanism. I'm talking about fair income, absolute creeps who want everything from stem cells, from uh, placentas. They literally want to suck babies dry. They are vampires by every definition of the word, except they don't turn into bats. But they will drive you batty when we tell you about the things these creeps are up to. And there's been some terrific hidden video of these people talking to young ladies, supermodels, in fact, asking them to sell them their eggs. Can you believe these creeps? And Jason Burmes is going to expose a bunch of them. We're going to be talking to Ben Suter as well. And, of course, Paul McGowan, one of the most banned people in the world on social media, and we have him here quite often on a Friday afternoon on or morning there in this uh, program, and I very much appreciate him. Uh, a couple of things I'm absolutely fed up with, and I'm sure you would be too over in the UK. And since when did doctors, you know, split up? You know, you're, you're a doctor or you're not. It's not old doctors and young doctors, and it's only the young doctors apparently that are saying the NHS aren't going to give them enough money. You, you got almost, what was it, 8.5% pay rise. How many people? in their job would be over the moon doing one-handed, one double John Belushi-style uh, backflips if they were given an 8.5% pay rise and then a promise of another 3%. But no, this lot not happy enough putting their bank account, in well, certainly before your health, and I dare say they'll be getting little sympathy. Um, I mean, I'll read all of the signs there they're holding up. One of them, Clapping won't pay my bills. Yeah, I'm supposed to feel sorry for a young doctor. I've got a couple of young doctor friends in their early 20s. One, uh, a friend's daughter, who literally just started practicing late last year. And they're doing pretty okay. They're certainly doing way better than most young people their age. And here they are saying, clapping won't pay my bills. Are you serious? I mean, it's just absolutely uh, not fair. You're there. You're getting trained up to do one of the most important jobs in the world. I would hope that you did it, young doctors, for the, all the right reasons and not for a paycheck alone. I do get that you put in a significant amount of training and study. I do get that. And you are from the, the upper echelons of the intellectual, and you need to be to do that. But you could argue, counter-argue, are we looking for the right people in our doctors? You need somebody that got, you know, old school. When I went to school, you used to be had to get 490 out of 500 in the HSC to get into medical school. I would argue there would have been people who got 400 who were far more intuitive, who were far more critical thinkers, who were better handymen, craftsmen, whose hands would be far better in an intricate operation, for example. So you could argue, are we getting the right people for doctors? And if you have a look back historically at those who came up with, who were the pioneers of the many treatments that these doctors learn and are taught, the pioneers discovered these things, not because somebody said, hey, why don't you try this? They thought to themselves, why don't I try that? They tried it, that didn't work, that didn't work, this worked. And as a result, we have a tremendous health care system if it is used properly, but all because of critical thinkers, people who were in the medical fields, not because they got 495 out of 500 in a test, 
but because they were the people who wanted to do the right thing, who had an interest in medicine and who had an interest in your health and an interest in improving the situation and saving lives. Not people who were more worried and being sarcastic, saying clapping won't pay my bills. Well, I'll clap young ladies in this particular photo that I'm looking at the day you get off your backsides and remember why it is that you are doctors and get back to work. I think eight and a half percent is absolutely massive. And bear in mind that this, it is the taxpayer, the NHS, it's government funded. They're paying your bills and maybe you should go and attend to those people. And I was absolutely mortified when I was talking to Gemma Cooper yesterday and I was talking about the ambulance ramping and ramping for those that weren't uh, watching or listening yesterday means if you are in an ambulance and if you don't get out of that ambulance when it arrives at the hospital within 30 minutes and those ambulances are backed up, that is ambulance ramping. Most uh, places, the state that I live in here in Australia, New South Wales, tries to keep that below 10%. I would argue 0% would be the achievable goal if you had enough people. But again, we have a bunch of uh, ambulance workers, doctors and nurses who cannot, who are not allowed to return to work. You know why? Because they didn't get the vaccine. And if they were to return now, not only would they have to get these, they'd have to play catch-ups. I mean, this is the weird, the wacky, the crazy world that we live in. And here are these young, young, selfish people wanting more money when they should be saving lives. Girls, guys, get about your business. Remember why it is that you do the job you do and uh, go. And if you earn the respect of the public by taking care of them, maybe they'll they'll demand that you get more money and they'll take your side rather than thinking that you're a little bit precious. And again, already doing better than most people your age. I know you put the work in and I know you do a good job. But please get back and do the bloody job and worry about the money while you're doing it or a bit later would be very, very nice. Now, if you've missed your favorite TNT show or interview, you can simply listen or watch back wherever you want from and whenever you want. Just visit the episodes page on the TNT website. We are also on all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now, there's absolutely no reason to miss out on anything here at today's News Talk. TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, and as I said, I uh, quite often watch Alex Jones. Anybody they want to ban is somebody who I want to see. Simple as that. And you've got to be pretty cool to, to get on to the Alex Jones show. Now, my next guest is an absolute legend. His name is Jason Burmes. Now, he's woken up to uh, many things and people, and he deserves a round of applause because he's a content creator, a documentary filmmaker, an activist, and host of the Burmes Brigade uh, podcast and an InfoWars regular contributor. So those of you who, like me, like to get on there and see what Alex Jones and co are up to, well, he is one of the end co. And it's my tremendous pleasure to have Jason Burmes on the program. G'day, Jason. How are you going? Very good. Thank you for having me. Mate, I love what you do, and I'd love to think that the last time I saw a, an actual vampire was when I watched, you know, a Tom Cruise movie going back a little while. But, mate, they're out there. These bastards exist in society. Some terrific video that you and Alex, you know, put out there. I mean, I couldn't believe the conversation. I'll let you tell people about the conversation that uh, Mr. Nygaard and friends were, were having with these young ladies. But just tell the story, put it in perspective, just so people know the type of people that work behind the scenes of what we consider to be reality. 
Yeah, so you're referring to Peter Nygaard, who was this big mogul over in Canada in the fashion industry. And really, he had gotten a lot of positive press over the years and up until, I'd say, the last five or six years when people really started to delve into what he was up to. And uh, he's out there, and you can watch these videos talking about how he wants to live forever and die trying. Now, that also included the fact that this guy had his own island. And the video that you're referring to, he's actually in the Caribbean with one of his partners in one of his biotech companies. And he's, um, to put it lightly, trying to buy their reproductive uh, organs. So he's trying to buy their eggs so that they can be fertilized. Now, sometimes Mr. Nygaard wasn't trying to just buy these eggs. He was forcibly having sex with not just women, but drugging girls as young as 14, and then having them have abortions. And these are all in court documents. Uh, there's a couple cases coming up. He was just convicted in one of these cases. His own son came out against him, folks. Uh, and with these abortions, he was taking the aborted fetal tissue and he was having it converted into stem cells. The belief being that because these stem cells, half of them actually came from him, uh, they would give him uh, age reversal properties. So, um, you know, this went along with things like testosterone replacement therapy and, and a number of other things. But the grotesque nature of literally trying to find some of the youngest girls that he could, forcibly impregnating them, and then aborting the baby to inject it into his body in a quest for immortality does sound like something out of a science fiction novel. But then you look at the man's physical appearance, and he literally looks like Gary <laughs> Oldman in the picture Bram Stoker's Dracula. I, I wish that I was like making some kind of a funny joke. Put them side by side, folks. It's a 10 out of 10. I couldn't agree more. I think the only person who could have done better was the guy who did all the uh, designs for the Alien out of the Alien movies. But pretty much he was right up there. Anything that Bram Stoker could have possibly come up with would be on par with the guy and the way he looks. And having said that about the way that he currently looks, all of these stem cells and testosterone and God knows whatever else he's putting into his body, I don't know how he looked when he was younger. But unless he's 270 years of age, they don't seem to have been doing him any favours. Well, I will say this. Um, if you do look at him before he got on all these properties, but you got to remember, uh, there are things that out there open to the public outside of the stem cell treatment that are now providing people. I mean, you look at somebody like Sylvester Stallone. You know, I remember interviews with him in the late 80s, early 90s, where he said, you know, eventually my body's going to give and I'm not going to be able to be an action star anymore. Well, uh, he just put out Expendables 4, folks. So if you're on... TRT, if you're on a lot of this supplementation and, and even certain types of stem cell treatment, you can um, actually, you know, now at this point, uh, I, I would say prolong the aging process, right? There's actually a lot of things out there, L-arginine, creatine, NAD+. In fact, the FDA um, just regulated and tried to ban many of these peptides that are ingredients in some of these quote-unquote over-the-counter anti-aging supplements that have been out there. I, I, in fact, take some of them. NAD Plus is on my daily regimen along with resveratrol and uh, uh, glutathione as well. So this stuff is out there now. Uh, he took it to more than the extreme. And really that kind of 
brings us into Epstein, where people were expecting a list. Instead, what they're getting is a slow trickle of documents, many of which have already been on the scene, with redactions taken out. And if people were paying attention to this documentation and reporting over the last really decade plus, they would know that over at Zorro Ranch, he was trying to have a quote-unquote baby-making ranch with up to 20 women being impregnated. And again, it sounds like something out of a science fiction novel, but he was trying to create a superior race of Epstein's based on himself. In fact, Steve Bannon is said to be sitting on some 15 hours or so of interviews uh, with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the first day that I was on the program this week over at Alex Jones and InfoWars, we played the clip of the monsters where he's sitting down with Jeffrey Epstein and he says, you have an island. Uh, Epstein responds, actually, two islands. So we've talked a lot about Little St. James, but there's another island out there as well. Again, not getting much press. And by the way, Zorro Ranch, the New Mexico Ranch, never got investigated. And then uh, Bannon goes, Islands of Dr. Moreau. And he goes, that is correct. And that is a reference for those that do not know of chimeric genetic experimentation with human beings and other biological creatures. Um, there's obviously the movie with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer out there that's pretty subpar, uh, but the novel as well. So he literally references in these videos with Bannon that took place um, right around 2017, maybe into 2018, just before he got arrested in that uh, midterm session where, again, the Republicans were supposed to run away with it and didn't. Uh, you know, I have my own suspicions as to why Bannon sat down with him and why Epstein allowed that. Um, but really, it's anybody's guess until all of the tapes come out. I, I literally wrote down Island of Dr. Moreau when you were uh, saying that and uh, thinking of the original Michael York movie, you know, back back when all that happened. Mate, we've got to do a short break. Um, I'm loving what you're saying, J Jason Burmus, everybody. Uh, we'll be back with him just after this short break here at TNT. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. 
Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Well, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to those of you who are often on InfoWars, watching Alex Jones and Co. When I say and Co, I'm talking about people such as Jason Burmis. We're talking about uh, Epstein. We're talking about transhumanism. We're talking about human vampires because they actually do exist. Welcome back to the program, Jason. Thank you for having me again. Mate, an absolute legend. We were just talking quickly off air. We were saying that, you know, stem cell things do, uh, they do work. There was that talk of, and I would encourage anybody who hasn't yet done it to Google Mel Gibson, stem cells and father. It's a rather interesting story. But uh, certainly Mel Gibson is anything but creepy. I like a lot of the stuff that comes out of his mouth. Certainly not uh, the Epstein saga. And whilst he might be gone and his partner is uh, serving a rather lengthy uh, prison sentence, I think this story is far from over. Uh, it is far from over. And uh, even up until, I, I would say, throughout the week, we're going to be getting more documentation. Uh, we also know that certain documents are still going to be redacted because of Jane Doe 107. Uh, I expect that they're going to play up to the angles that are already out there. And we're kind of seeing that, right? We already knew about Bill Clinton. Now there's this salacious line of how he likes him young. But we're not going to focus on how Jeffrey Epstein helped create the Clinton Global Initiative. We're not going to focus on what he was actually doing with Prince Andrew, other than providing with underage girls, just that he's in the royal family and Prince Charles is going to kick him to the curb. For people that don't know what Prince Andrew did for the royal family, he's the UK or was the UK's lead arms dealer. All right. So people have to understand everybody asked where Epstein got his money. Yes, he was working on Wall Street. Yes, he was with salacious characters. Yes, it seems that this was indeed a blackmail operation, but it also seems like he was facilitating these large arms deals everywhere. Prince Andrew went arms deals followed. And there was even a large scandal with him and uh, Libya. And Gaddafi's son in a $40 million uh, arms deal involving Goldman Sachs, where he received a $1.3 million kickback and nothing was done there. That's just a microcosm for this network. And then you also have the connection to Adnan Khashoggi. So a lot of people are now aware that there was some type of intelligence connection to Epstein. Well, Vicki Ward, who worked for uh, Vanity Fair, came out with that right around the time of his arrest. And Alexander Acosta, who at the time was the Treasury Secretary, he was actually the person who cut the deal in Miami uh, with Epstein, in which he would not be further prosecuted and some of his unnamed co-conspirators, even beyond Maxwell, would not be prosecuted. And he actually signed a deal, and I showed this document, I'm going to show it to the uh, crowd right now, this is his deal with the FBI, and this is not part of the documentation we're getting, and we don't know who approved it or who it was drafted by or who the contact was. And obviously, we have this above also being blacked out. But we do know this. Epstein has also provided information to the FBI as agreed upon. Case agent advised that no federal prosecution will occur in this matter as long as Epstein continues to uphold his agreement with the state of Florida. So here's just a minimal deal with the FBI. 
when he was asked Acosta, he had to give an hour long uh, press conference after the arrest of Epstein. Uh, he was asked about this connection. He talked around it and then he was forced to resign less than 48 hours later. OK, so we know about the FBI and people want to talk about lists. Well, one of the people on the known lists of associates, and there's two lists out there that I would encourage people to go and check. Uh, this is actually the second one by New York Mag. But William Burns, the CIA director, wow. had scheduled meetings with Epstein all the way up until 2014. Now, again, I would encourage people to check this out because you've got big names, Gates, Barack, Sergey Brin, Peter Thiel, even Robert Kennedy Jr., who's recently had to talk about his uh, ex-wife's relationship with Epstein. So this is one of the lists. But then his black book list right here, which is extensive, I mean, vroom, you go down the line, has also been available for some time. So I must admit that uh, as I predicted on the Alex Jones show, a lot of this stuff has already been in the public arena. We're getting smaller details, and we may get some other names, but most of those names are going to come in the form of associates and victims that we haven't heard from. And the other big thing that people have to understand is we've already got some of Epstein's high-level associates that seem to have been protected in that original uh, deal. And I'm going to show people just three names that seem to be underlings of Ghislaine Maxwell, who's now serving a prison sentence. That would be Sarah Kalin. Um, then you also have Leslie Groth, who will not face criminal charges. But then you also have somebody named uh, Nadia Marcinkova, who's now known as uh, Nadia Marcinko. And she is a flight instructor. Now, she may be the one that I am the most sympathetic to because this trove of documents that is now coming out, again, a lot of this is previous, and if people want to get these documents as they roll out, they can do so, get the raw files uh, for free to inspect them over at courtlistener.com. Uh, you can see every time that they update them. This was updated about 7.04 Eastern time. Let's see if they've added anything. Yes, uh, they since added at 11 o'clock Eastern. So like I said, these are rolling out. Uh, but in that documentation, uh, Marcinkova is said to have been bought from her parents at, as a 14-year-old girl in Yugoslavia. So this is somebody that was indoctrinated at a very young age and taken in and uh, seems to have worked her, her way up to the top of this Epstein network. And, and, you know, we talked about Nygaard and his relationship to fashion. Well, Epstein and his mansion that uh, was in New York, well, that comes from the fashion industry and a guy named Les Wexner who hasn't been prosecuted. In fact, he's been exonerated in most circles. This mansion that we've seen was given to him. Uh, some reports say $10, but for $1. And for some reason, uh, you know, Wexner, although uh, named in the court documents, is not accused of any wrongdoing. Now, we have had um, witnesses say that is not the case. In fact, there's a full Hulu documentary about it. But he says he gave uh, Epstein basically all access to his finances. And prior to that, by the way, uh, Epstein was involved in the Towers Capital Ponzi scheme. Stephen J. Hoffenberg, uh, who he worked beside and was his best friend, actually did prison time. Uh, and when 
the feds wanted him to cooperate and go after Epstein. He feared to do so because of Epstein's political connections. And I would imagine he may have also had blackmail on uh, Stephen Hoffenberg himself. So, you know, you have this wide network that involves women, girls, drug running, the fashion industry, high-level bankers, and then you have the uh, institutions like MIT, Marvin Minsky's been named, uh, Noam Chomsky's been named, Harvard University. So the university system, the academic system, I, I mean, this tentacle reaches into all aspects of influential life. It is such an intricate intricate web that they've woven mate it's unbelievable the rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper the big question people will be asking now is with all these names coming out uh so many fewer redactions and many predicted will there be any i would love to think there would be but i don't expect there will be too many people going to jail as a result of these lists and these names coming out jail uh, I want to remind people that while everybody's talking about client lists and memes and things that are imagination land, when they raided that mansion that I talked about, they presented this evidence right here at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. You want a black book? You want a list? How about binders wow. full of material where the sides are blacked out to not even tell you or show you what's in them? I would imagine that is photographic blackmail. Then you have the hard drives that when they came and took them had already been taken and given back as you see the evidence tape on them. And these are the type of hard drives that would be in surveillance equipment from the 90s. How about the safe in which they found valuables, photographs, and Epstein's own passport where he had a separate identity and a Saudi Arabian address? And then, of course, how about the burned DVDs that have photos on them and are marked as AV shoots, in other words, audio video shoots with women's names on them. We know they exist. We have no idea what's on them. And we also have to realize that one of the victims, Annie Farmer, her sister, Maria Farmer, went to the police and the NYPD all the way back in 1996. Now, Annie Farmer recently was part of some of the civil suits that won against J.P. Morgan and others, giving more validity to Maria Farmer's claims. But even today, Vanity Fair has admitted that they were pressured not to include um, certain aspects about uh, Epstein and his sexual activities in an article all the way back in 2003. Now, what is coming out in these documents, and I think that is actually something that's fresh and needs to be focused on, is now there is the claim by Virginia Gaffrey Roberts that Bill Clinton himself walked into Vanity Fair's offices and told them not to run that part of the story all the way back in 2003. Whether that's true or not, we'll find out, but that allegation is now out there. Jason, the stuff you have told me is incredible. I've been doing this for a bunch of years, you know, commercial talkback radio and here and now at TNT, you'd have to be in my top five most impressive guests ever. I think you're absolutely terrific, mate. Uh, you're taking us down this rabbit hole. It just gets deeper and deeper. Um, mate, I'd love to do a part two to this. We've run out of time today, but if we can chat again, I think us and everyone watching and listening to TNT would absolutely love for you to come back on the program. Absolutely. It'd be a pleasure. 
an absolute pleasure to have you on. Everybody, you need to check him out. You can catch him on InfoWars. You can catch him on X.com. His name is Jason Burmas, B-E-R-M-A-S, an absolute legend. Thank you, my friend. And everyone, stick Thanks. around. We'll be back after this break. Here we go again. All right, let's go. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. King Charles has been told to cut all ties with his brother Prince Andrew. After previously sealed court documents relating to the Jeffrey Epstein case were released in the US, detailing allegations of rape and sexual assault. A Disney worker who alleges she was raped by a top executive claims the Mouse House covered up the alleged pattern of sexual abuse. And Israel's National Security Minister says his country will not be taking any orders from the US. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. Lots to talk about. And of course, if you'd like to call in, you can do that on the phone number, which I do believe is one 800 670 310 if you've got something to say, but it would just be an absolute uh, wonderful thing if you could do that. Now, this second batch of documents that has been unveiled, you know, I mean, the arrests, the um, the suicides, it is absolutely just unbelievable. And they just keep coming as in real time. These documents are continuing to be released. And I just wonder if there will be anything that will lead to an uh, an eventual arrest. Do you believe that is the case? You can certainly get on the online chat and you can let us know. And a lot of people very impressed with our guests in the online chat. And if you'd like to be part of that, you can do it. Uh, Steve Bannon, one of the Trump's security advisors, he has a Rumble pages from Autone. And uh, Lisa, very active in the online chat as well today. Now, something I would like to talk about, and it's uh, been pretty much in the news, is of course, what's happening with Bruce Lerman. Now, the federal court published submissions in the defamation trial against Bruce Lerman. I'll just read you verbatim some of this. Now, lawyers for Bruce Lerman have argued that the former Liberal staffer is entitled to substantial damages, even if the judges in his defamation trial rejects the denial of having any sexual activity with Brittany Higgins at all. Uh, the federal court has released the written submissions by each of the parties in the case, which has brought, uh, which was brought by Mr. Lerman against the Network 10 journalist Lisa Wilkinson. Don't get me started on her, but wouldn't it be terrific to see her have to reach into her own pocket to uh, pay Mr. Lerman some money if a judge decides that is the appropriate action to take? I would absolutely love for that to certainly be the case. I don't see it happening. She's ab absolutely taken action to say that if that is the case, Channel 10 should have to pay that bill, not her, but we'll see how that works out. Now, her claims uh, read the, the were, sorry, and oh, by the way, I, I had a guest that was supposed to come on and we got it wrong. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much doing this on the spur of the moment. Uh, he claims that he was defamed in an interview with Miss Higgins on the project back in February in 21, in which it was alleged that she was raped in Parliament House in March of 2009. And Mr. Lerman has always denied any sexual activity between the pair. And that's where it comes down to the whole thing. You know, I mean, uh, there she is saying that she was raped. She was found uh, not wearing any underwear. I think she may have been naked in that thing. And the first thing that was put to her was, were you raped? She didn't state that she was raped before being asked, was she raped? And her immediately reply was, 
Yes, I was. And the whole thing's just taken on a whole life of itself. I've never seen anybody so quick to be paid. Have you, do you ever remember in your life anybody who was compensated so quickly? I just, I just can't find any story in history where that was indeed the case. I'm just trying to get to this other story that I had. But again, um, yeah, if we could do a quick short break. That would be terrific. And then I'll come back with this other story here at TNT. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community. We're energized by the type 1 community and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who's supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov asthma. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. Just saying to studio, what a wonderful guest I just had. But of course, I must have another guest who is equally good. And of course, the most banned man on social media, somebody who I speak, who I absolutely just feel um, is one of the best and most outspoken and unashamedly honest people you'll ever talk to is Paul McGowan. Paul, thanks for coming on. Good to see you, Dean. Happy New Year, TNT. I've got no black eyes this week, as you see. <laughs> You've you've done well, mate. What, what did you get up to? I've got to ask on New Year's Eve, by the way. I stayed in because I've got a load of broken ribs. I fell down the stairs, absolutely muddled myself. And wow. um, I did nothing, nothing. Uh, just carrying unused Christmas decorations back up to the attic. I, I, I can remember a year <laughs> as, as a single man where I left I my... I can't laugh, Dean. No. <laughs> <laughs> where I left my Christmas decorations up for an entire year, you know, it was Christmas every day at my house. But uh, Paul, mate, so, so much going on in, in the UK. Where would you like to start? Well, I don't know. Well, we had our traditional um, New Year's Eve stabbings across Europe. But um, 
Britain, um, Ireland and London had a pretty good shout of it. And of course, in France, had that new tradition of burning out people's cars on New Year's Eve. That's a totally new um, tradition, but it seems to be um, becoming quite a stable one. It's happening every new year now in Europe. Well, of course, if you've got a... Uh a good insurance company, you don't like your current car, you can always just park it down down in one of the usual laneways or streets and see how you go. Not that I'm suggesting anybody does that. That's a big no-no, but I do say that tongue they in They had cheek. them all on camera. They had them all on camera. They were walking down the streets, tipping petrol over people's cars and just setting them alight, just car after car after car after car. I don't know where the police are in all these incidents, but there's obviously not enough police for this modern world. Have these people got their faces covered or are they? is it clearly visible who they are if you were to get well, some Some you local... could clearly see them. Some you could clearly see them. Some had their faces covered. But it's just a weird tradition that's becoming really established in Europe, Is the, especially in France, the, the New Year's Eve car burnings. It's like unbelievable. I just don't know what well, – I don't know why – I don't know why you do it. I don't, I don't know why it happens, you know. Some I'm sort not... of protest, I'm sure. I'm starting to wonder if what I said is a joke. People aren't actually doing it because knowing full well that your car could be burned, why would you possibly have a car anywhere in that vicinity? I bet you it massively affects their insurance contracts. I bet because <laughs> it's so common now, you know. And the French love a good riot. Let's be honest. No one is as good at rioting as the French. They absolutely love it. I, I have to admit the only country that I, I think might kick off as hard in due course, especially with some of the draconian uh, rules that they're now facing would be Ireland. And we've we've spoken about this before, but, I mean, I could see Ireland yeah. giving them a real run for their money. Well, I think they are as well, and I think they're gearing up to it because even up on the run-up to New Year's Eve, more possible migrant hotels were burned down in Ireland. You don't see these things on the media. They're really hushed up. You actually have to search for everything that's going on. But these are things that should be right front in the media. And um, But the legacy media, it doesn't fit the narrative. So um, they're very quiet on um, true crime, if you like. It, it's very convenient that the bulk of mainstream media goes through terrestrial, you know, antennas, TV and radio, because they can just make up their numbers. They don't have to show like digital media, you know, exactly how many people are watching or listening. So I I would, and when they talk to advertisers, for example, on commercial TV and radio, they always talk in percentages, never numbers. Could you imagine what those numbers would be compared to days and decades gone by? Uh, I tell you what, they'll be extreme. They, they bury those numbers as deep as they can as deep as you have to every stat you have to really scrutinize and search for now and these are things that should be just in the paper all the time but i don't think journalists do their job anymore they they are just too captured media is very captured by the message you know and um you can't go against the message matter, matter of fact please sorry my son was um worked for an australian media company um no it wasn't australia it's was american media company but over here in britain he was a journalist he wrote a pro-conservative story and he had a message straight from the offices in America come over saying you cannot write pro-conservative wow. stories, only pro-left-wing stories. Do you know what he did? He resigned. <laughs> a chip off the old off the old block to be sure. I was really proud of him. I was really proud of him. <laughs> then I trolled their newspaper for like about a year till they eventually kicked me off of it. It was great fun. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's but you one know, thing. it's all crazy. It's all craziness going over here. This week we've had like um, 
literally there's been warfare breaking out on the streets of London between rival um rival African gangs, basically the Ethiopians and the Eritreans. And it was just carnage. And it was actually quite a funny scene to look at because it looked like as the gangs were coming up through London, they obviously didn't have a lot of knives with them, but they stopped at every skip and they got great big pieces of wood, metal poles, the whole lot. And that's what they took as their weaponry. It looked um, it looked like we'd gone back to the Dark Ages. And look, the police first turned up and they didn't send the right police. I don't even know what they were thinking. So the police went steaming in there, totally unprepared for it, got a total pasting. Four of them were hospitalised. This is in broad daylight. This is in broad daylight in London. And um, these basically, both these two factions, the Ethiopians and the Eritreans, they have come over here looking for asylum because they want to escape the conflict of what's going on. Yet when they get to London, they want to continue the conflict. So it's absolute load of rubbish what they've put down on their application form for asylum. They've actually come here and they've continued the war on our turf. And this is really driving me insane. These these wars that we have to deal with in our capital city all the time now. Every week there's a new one, and the media are really crap at showing it. Every week there's, there's a new one, and it's about some other conflict in somewhere else in the world. Now, in the end, when the riot police turned up to stop it, um, they managed to get control over it. But um, they, the the amount of police it took to set up, um, to keep everyone distance, to keep the two factions apart and the huge roadblocks put in place. And this went on for hours and hours. And there must have been hundreds of policemen there. I mean, that's pulling resources from a struggling service. And that's happening every week. If it's not a pro-Palestine march, it's this or it's that or it's there's always something. But it never had anything to do with Britain. And it, the Met Police actually sought out, sought out these problems because... They're now advertising in airports. Have you seen any atrocities in Gaza? Report them to the Met Police. Now, what's the Met Police got to do with Gaza? Now, that stinks of Khan. That stinks of some initiative from Khan saying, right, we've got to look like we're doing something about Gaza from, from the London Mayor's office. And they're all over the place. Now, why are the Met Police looking for war crimes in a foreign country? I mean, it's none of that. It's got nothing to do with them. It's got nothing to do with them at all. You hit the nail on the head when you said, I mean, why would you bring two sides of a conflict to your country to offer them asylum or why would you seek it? And they did the same thing back in Australia in the 70s, you know, with, um, you know, Lebanese, Muslims and Christians. Being a Christian country, you would think if they're having some sort of religious war, you would, as a Christian country, take the Christian side of that equation and maybe a country like Turkey would have taken the Muslim side of the equation. But no, they brought both sides and many of them carried that on here for quite a while. It's just, I mean, not to that extent, certainly, but it certainly it makes you ask the question, what the hell are we doing? And what would the people of the country say? Because we certainly have uh, little regard uh, from them, do we? No, oh, totally. Um, but we're, we're, it's like we're being dragged back to the dark ages, you know, and it's like, it's so extreme that the Met Police have now had to start a witchcraft division dealing with people, extreme crimes brought about by witchcraft. And some of these things are like child sacrifices. Um, a few years back, we had a little boy, five-year-old African boy's body wash up in the Thames that had been beheaded. This is a really massive growing problem in the UK. But the media are very, very quiet about it. And 
actually the Africans had to do something about it themselves. And they started an agency and it's called um, Africa, right? And this agency is actually looks to protect children from witchcraft in their own communities. And a spokesman for that charity, because it is a charity, um, the spokesman actually said, the Met Police won't help us because they're afraid of being called racist. And that is just typical. When does being called racist outweigh a child being tortured and murdered through witchcraft, you know? It's unbelievable that we've, you know, prioritised not being wanted to uh, be called a name over the... Now we're advocating for that over the welfare of children. I mean, it's just ludicrous. It's becoming more and more like Superman's bizarro world. At what point do people wake up? And I would suggest there are far more awake people than we noticed, but they've just been far too quiet for far too long. And today, now is not the time to remain quiet. We've got these... um witchcraft churches popping up all over the country they're really popular and first of all they were underground they were in like people's houses and living rooms and or garages or any sort of private space like that you can have but now they're so popular they're hiring out um like leisure centers halls and function halls for, for the general public and these churches people don't really know what's going on about in there because because of the language barrier so, you know, nobody knows what they're preaching. But, um, yeah, they preach a lot of extremism. So when it comes to, gets to the point where the African community have to make their own sort of squad to investigate and look after their own people because the Met Police cannot do it, I mean, what state is the country in? I mean, we shouldn't be having to have a police force trained in how to spot the signs of witchcraft. I mean, how much money is going into that? How much money? I mean, it's just absolutely bizarre that we've got the witchcraft police. I mean, are we meant to be a civilised country? How far back is our culture going to be dragged? That's what I want to know. How far back is common decency going to be dragged back just to just to be um, support the message? You know, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Every, the the two tier policing is an absolute disgrace in this country. Could you like take the Eritreans, um, for example? Sorry, my ribs killing me. Take the Eritreans, for example. Um, they should, if those were white people. Right. If they were white people, football hooligans, um, marching and causing violence, every single one of those people would be in jail. The police only arrested eight people, despite having four of their officers hospitalised. I mean, I don't I just don't know. I just can't understand what's going on. I can't understand it either. Khan it seems to be so you see, he seems to be right, he seems to be everywhere. Every single narrative you see is like it's almost sure it could be signed by Sadiq Khan. Even the London fireworks, he, he, the first thing was the London mayor presents. And it's all about that. him. And it's not, it's got nothing, it's got nothing to do with the London mayor. They're the British people's firework displays, which I will add, those firework displays, Sadiq Khan is totally against ID, massively against voter ID, but he's pro firework ID. So anyone that paid to go and see the fireworks, they had to take ID with them to check them in. Now, what's more important, a firework display or an election? You know, voting at an election. So if you can have security at a fireworks display, you can have voter ID. It's as simple as that. And it's just I, so hypocritical. 
I couldn't agree more. It, it's not just how many bad people we've got in the media, in our police now. It's the absence of the good people. I was talking to Joachim Hagopian, who, you know, is a West Point graduate. And he was saying that he noticed when he got into the military that they get all the intuitive, critical thinking people, the strong people who will make actual good leaders and advocate for the people they are there to protect and represent. And they filter them out. They find any excuse to get rid of them early. So all you're left with are these this week, people who are completely just uh, non-events and who will do nothing but, you know, bow to the narrative. That's all they do. Well, we see this all this all the time now with diversity hires. You've ever, haven't we just seen it with, is it Professor Gay in, um, actually, she at Harvard, the first black Harvard, or is it Harvard? Yeah, first black um, dean of Harvard, I, I think. I think it's Harvard. I'm not quite sure. We have to check that. But um, so she was massively underqualified, apart from being black. And so they gave her a job. She lasted less than a year, and she was caught on 51 accounts of plagiarism. 51 wow. accounts of plagiarism. So she had to resign after a year. And they're now saying it's a witch hunt. But it's not a witch hunt. And everyone knows you get caught for plagiarism. You cannot be the dean of a major world global university. You just can't. You know, where's the integrity? Mate, well, there is no integrity. That's a problem when you uh, go and put people in place solely because they are a particular race or a particular sex. We see it in, in Hollywood now. It is absolutely off the charts. And the beauty of that is, though, in Hollywood, because it's funded by us, the general public, and not out of our tax dollars, is that it's failing. So wherever there is no kind of uh, government funding, uh, mate, this thing just fails. It falls on its face every single time. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at organisations like Disney, now they are suffering. Can you remember the last time you saw a good Disney film or you took your children to see a Disney film? People just don't anymore. People, because everything's so loaded with so much narrative, it's hard to watch because you know what's coming next. You know, in every film they do, narrative, 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 narrative. It's like the destruction of pro um, programs on the BBC, like classics like Doctor Who. You see it all the time. People don't want the narrative. The woke is dying. There'll come a day when everyone that was woke will deny they played a part in it because it's going to be humiliating for them. Because it is. They went absolutely batshit crazy. You know? Have you seen? Have you seen what? Well, you you would know. You're obviously a Doctor Who fan. Not only did they make the first female Doctor, going back, you know, to his first generation where there was a, a particular Doctor, they went back saying, "Well, that's not the original Doctor. The original Doctor was a little black girl." And then one of the characters who was the you know the main guy behind the Daleks, who normally gets around in what looks like a disability wheelchair, he is now able-bodied and able to stand up because you couldn't have evil associated with a disability. This was coming from one of the original creators of Doctor Who. Right. Speaking as a raspberry ripple, because I'm a bit crippled and my hand doesn't work and things like that, I could be a diversity hire for TNT. That's how crippled I am. I'm telling you now, <laughs> I am not offended. I'm not offended by anyone. Um, look, the, the whole the whole point of Davros was he was part Dalek. All the Daleks were in those things. That was the whole point. It wasn't like he was ever able-bodied. He was like always part Dalek. They Daleks don't walk around. They're in those things for a reason, you know? That <laughs> is just absolute craziness. But, I love um, that. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the, the BBC's ratings have been tanking for years. And they deserve, they deserve it.
because because um they're a horrible organization and do you know when they um it do you know when they actually expanded um their diversity hire um plan do you know how they got to those numbers? Yeah. They actually cut the disabled hire plan. So they cut back on the amount of disabled people they can bring into the organization, their quota that they set, and they increased the diversity side of it in other areas. So the, basically the disabled people took the brunt of that to work for the BBC. So they would have been sacked a load of them or waited for them to be leaved and that leave and their their positions were not filled by somebody. So it all somebody of you know of the equivalent status now this is just so hypocritical from the bbc but you cannot these quotas are absolute there's nonsense you should always have the best person for the job or the best person for if you're a company you're not going to go oh that guy's brilliant at this job but that woman there she's not as good but i haven't got many women here so i'll give it to the woman i mean how can they ask private companies to do that how can they ask you? Because basically they're saying, we want you to make less money. That's what they're saying. Yeah. We want you to make your business struggle even harder by not selecting the best candidate all for the message. You know, it's just absolute rubbish. Hey, private companies uh, um, are going to come under attack one day for not doing that. They'll probably make them do it. Just like if you want to win an Academy Award, you must have diverse actors, diverse um, directors, diverse writers now to be eligible to win one of these things, it'll be interesting to see what people do with Disney now that Mickey Mouse is in the public domain because you can oh, do he's a Mickey. Far right now, yeah, yeah, Mickey Mickey's Mouse far right now. Yeah, <laughs> just can't can't make it up, can you? You can't make it up. But I'm glad he's joined the team because we're all far right, apparently. You know, yep. all of us far right. We're all racist. We're all misogynistic. We're all homophobes. We're Islamophobes. We're just everything for basically questioning a simple question about, you know, simple, normal things that you would have thought every citizen had the right to know, just asking those simple questions, you're far right. <laughs> but I can remember back when we were Nazis. Do you remember, like, in 2015, we are all Nazis. We are all Nazis. And I remember there's Emily Thornberry. She was, like, the, the top instigator of calling people Nazis, fascists. She's a Labour MP. And one day she was coming out of her offices and one man shouted Nazi to her. He was arrested. <laughs> oh, called her a Nazi. <laughs> he was arrested, dragged through the media like he was some absolute maniac. And all he did was what she was doing regularly. Every She actually come out and told people to stop flying the English flag because he was racist. It is unbelievable. It's just your country's flag. Well, I well, mean, well, that flag represents everyone that lives in England. No matter what race or whatever, no matter where they come from, what religion they are, that's the English flag. Well, How can that be racist when it represents us all? We have entire groups of people who want to do that here in Australia every Australia day. Quickly, I've got to ask this question. Here we're stuck with our ABC. It gets deducted out of our tax dollar. Why are people still paying for their TV licence over in the UK? It's a bloody rip-off. That's why. It's an absolute rip-off. But it's, it's basically a tax. It's basically a tax that everyone has to pay. Actually, I refuse to pay it. I won't pay it. But um, but I'll be really honest, I don't watch TV. So I'd, I'd, 
honestly, what's on TV, I get all my, all, everything I watch comes from me researching stuff online. And that's all I do all day is research stuff and reading stuff. I love any, I, I'll read any nonsense about anything, especially if it's about genetics. Um, I just, you know, that's what a lot of people do today. They, they've, they've got their interests, they follow them, they use their laptop for it, they don't use the TV, because the TV is just brainwashing narrative all the way, all the way. I mean, there's a few and stations, there's GB News, there's Talk TV, but no. Well, mate, we've run out of time. I always love talking to you. It's the perfect way to finish off my Friday or to get your Friday off to a terrific start over there in the UK. I thank you for coming on, mate. I hope this becomes a really regular thing because I enjoy talking to you more than you might imagine. Paul McGowan, everybody. Katie Hopkins, coming up after this. Have a great weekend.